What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday. That's right, guys. We made it through a whole week. We got the weekend right here in front of us. But it's Friday, August the 11th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 905 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, will be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the for the uh, birthday game. We've got a good birthday game for you today. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with us. But joining us here in our first hour, cannot wait to get him up here on the line with us. It has been, uh, I guess, three weeks. It feels like it's been forever uh, since we've had him here on the show. He's our regular Friday guest. He's a knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, Baltimore Ravens, PBR, becoming a new dad, which is just right around the corner for him. It's our good friend, Paul Whittington. Also, the best sideline reporter in all of high school football. Uh, That's going to be starting soon. We're going to get caught up with him on uh, the NASCAR playoffs, which I believe there are three races left before the NASCAR playoffs begin. Uh, And, man, there's just a lot of stuff going on. uh, Chris Buescher has won back-to-back. I hope I said his name right. Has won back-to-back races. Uh, man, Ford is just dominating. <laughs> well, they're not really dominating the race. They're dominating Brooklyn, Michigan. That's for sure. I believe that was their ninth straight race. They won this past weekend up there. Man, we just got a lot of stuff to talk to him about. I haven't uh, we? I, we really need to deep dive into NASCAR a little bit. I haven't done that much with it. Uh, obviously, we're back for our first week and what three weeks here on the show but i just really haven't talked to uh, talked about it and we're going to dive deep into that with paul whittington when he joins us in uh, less than 20 minutes from right now uh, in our second hour tell you what we're going to be joined by our friend and i cannot believe i was looking it up to see how long it's been since he's been on here it was last october so it's been almost a year since we've had uh, matthew young on he's a css news civil war museum director a big sports fan too uh, definite world traveler. Just can't wait to talk to him, man. Uh, one, one of the good guys out there. We love having him on. Like I said, I cannot believe I just, for, uh, for poops and giggles, I looked to see just how long it had been since the last time we had him on, because this is his seventh appearance. I think, yep. It's his seventh appearance, but the last time that he was on was last October. And I, that just blows my mind. I, we've got to rectify that. We're doing that this morning. So, uh, he's got, uh, the, the uh, museum has got a big exhibition that's going to be opening next weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. I'm just we're going to get caught up with him with uh, sports and everything, man. One of the one of the true good guys out there. He loves his Braves. He uh, he loves his college football, and we're going to talk to him about all that and just get caught up with our good friend Matthew Young. And again, I I, I will apologize to him when he steps in here to my uh, <laughs> my uh, uh, 
well lit, plush, well lit, and well defended. Uh, yes, we've added well defended since we were broken into the other day. Well defended uh, home here, home studio here on Whitehall Drive. But uh, looking forward to having him on. Very much looking forward to having him on. So there you go. Uh, Paul Whittington in our first hour. Matthew Young in our second hour. And then uh, we'll have our uh, – we'll be at the weekend, guys. Can you believe – this is a thing that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. And let's just go ahead and jump into this. as high school football. You know, we had uh, uh, Jason Bryan on yesterday, and we were talking about high school football. We're kind of breaking down some stuff, and it's one week away. High school football. So one week from today, we'll be talking about the games that are going to be taking place tonight, including – the 960 the bull uh 960 a.m 960 the bull game of the week it will be north lenore at green central uh let me tell you something next week you know getting back in the into the flow of things this week was uh, a little bit i gotta admit a little bit hard i've been sick too on top of everything and it's, it's been kind of hard getting back into everything we, we've kind of eased our way back into it there will be no easing into anything next week because uh just a crazy weekend or crazy weekend we've got scheduled a week that begins a week from today with high school football kicking off on uh, august the 18th then uh, august the 19th is going to be the kinsel north county sports hall of fame uh that ceremony is just going to be amazing uh i'm telling you Corey povar charlie casey the folks over uh, george whitfield uh, the folks over at uh kinsel north county parks recreation department have really worked hard to uh, get this uh, this ceremony going. Uh, I'm so blessed to be a part of it. Uh, just, I can't begin to tell you how excited I am. That's going to be a week from tomorrow. Uh, also, that same weekend, the 19th and 20th, next Saturday and Sunday, is going to be Battle of the Badges. Uh, we're going to be uh, previewing that next week. And then on top of all that, too, we're talking about having Matthew on. He's got a new uh, exhibition that's going to be going on over at the museum. So I, I don't want to hear anybody. If I hear anybody in my life say, hey, there's nothing to do in Lenore County, I'm probably going to smack them upside the head, okay, because there is too much to do. And as a result of all that, the neat thing about it is for the show, uh, next week we're going to have a ton of guests uh, from uh, the Kinsel, uh, from the upcoming inductees for the Kinsel North County Sports Hall of Fame. I know uh, we're uh, going to have, uh, to the best of our ability, we're going to have Chris Hatcher, we're going to have Wells Gulledge, we're going to have uh, Craig Hill, we're going to have uh, George Whitfield on talking about it. He's going to have a couple of folks with him. Probably going to have Leo Hart here on the show. Uh, and then, like I said, some more of the inductees. Uh, and let me remind you who the inductees are, and I'll just do them in alphabetical order here. Athletes, Clay Kroom, uh, the late Clay Kroom, and then Craig Dawson. He will be coming in here live to do the show next Thursday. Daryl Goff, we're going to try to get him on the show here. Chris Hatcher, definitely. Earl Miller, the late Charles Shackelford. Uh, Peggy Jean Taylor, who when I talk to Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, he tells me Peggy Jean Taylor just one of the all-timers probably honestly if you look at the the list of female athletes from lenora county if she's not number one she's definitely in the top five all time and not only was she a great athlete then she gets into the coaching ranks and the nchsaa is uh recognized her as one of the best coaches of all time so uh her don whaley uh the best arguably the best basketball player to ever come from south lenora high school he's in the campbell university hall of fame 
and we're just now getting him into the Kinsland North County Sports Hall of Fame. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, two, <laughs> Linda Weddington, don't do that. She just texted me and said there's nothing to do in Lenora County. You're wrong, Linda. Uh, coaches, we're going to have Craig Hill being inducted, Wells Gulledge being inducted, and then Parks and Recreation, the great Bill Ellis joining us. Just what a week next week, man. I can't even begin to tell you. We're going to get as many of those uh, on the show. We'll get all that situated out over the weekend. And that's just for uh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, then we're going to have all five coaches on in our neck of the woods. Uh, that's going to be joining us. You heard uh, Jason yesterday give me the uh, the heads up. We're going to have a two-hour pregame show. The Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show is going to be a two-hour show every week this year. So, uh, the games kick off at seven o'clock, but you'll hear me, uh, and uh, hall of fame coach, Jimmy Smith and Paul Whittington before the baby is born. And, uh, after the baby is born with the Rillo discount drugs, pregame show. In fact, Fridays are going to be crazy here on nine 60, the bull nine 60, the bull.com. Cause not only are you going to get the show live, the Brian Hank show live from seven to 9 AM every day. Okay. Then we do the replay of the show from 3 to 5 p.m. Then the pregame show, the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show, will be from 5 to 7. And then from 7 until probably, what, 10, 10, 30, whatever we get off the air on uh, Fridays with the game, we'll have the game with Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and Paul Whittington and myself. So, uh, yeah, if, if, uh, if you like hearing my voice, you're going to get a lot of it every Friday. Let's see this. Two, let me do math here. Two, four, it's about seven, seven and a half hours every Friday of, uh, of yours truly bringing you, uh, high school sports and, uh, just everything going on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But like I said, next week, uh, all five coaches in Lenora County, we're going to try to get, uh, well, we're definitely, I can, I'll just go ahead and tell you, we're going to get Jay Wilson from uh, green central on here we're going to get uh, uh try to get paul cornwell on here so that's seven coaches right there not to mention uh, as many of the hall of famers we can get and not to mention our regular uh monday through thursday or monday through friday first hour guests too and then on top of all of that we'll be previewing battle of the badges next week too so whew, catch my breath here for a second it's going to be a, it's going to be a, an adventure it's going to be a lot of fun uh, next week is going to, like I said, it's just going to be a red letter, uh, red letter week. You're going to need to listen to every single day next week, whether you listen to us live here from seven to nine. If you listen to the replay from three to five here on nine sixty the bull, nine sixty the bull.com or heck, even if you listen to us in Greenville and Newburn, I know we've got a ton of listeners in Newburn and Greenville on 107.5 and 252 ESPN. Very grateful, for, grateful for those listeners too. But it's going to be a uh, it's going to be one of our best weeks of the year next week, as uh, we get ready for the first week of high school football of the twenty three season, uh, the induction of the twenty twenty three Kinsella North County Sports Hall of Fame, and uh, battle of the badges and just everything, man. It's just so much fun going on. So uh, I appreciate you listening this week, and I really do. We've had a good first week back, but let me tell you something: it goes crazy next week for sure uh i tell you what let me get uh john and jonathan in here and uh let's uh do a couple of ads real quick i gotta tell you i've had my life insurance with woman life for more than 10 years and i absolutely could not be happier with it i know if something bad happens to me those i care for are going to be very well taken care of the beauty of woman life though isn't just the peace of mind that i have with it but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community as evidenced by its donations of american flags to every group organization, church, 
or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. Arendelle Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kinston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendelle Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. John Dawson, let me tell you about Down East Protection Systems. Preach it, brother. There you go. Down East Protection Systems of Kinston. They've been servicing eastern North Carolina for more than 30 years. I got to tell you, John, I judge a house or a home here in Kinston or Lenore County if I don't see that little depth sign in the front yard of their house, you break in. <laughs> that's, that's it exactly. Listen, Depths specializes in residential and commercial installation and service of security systems, fire alarm systems, camera systems, and access control. For more information for a consultation, please visit depthsnet.com. That's D E P S net.com. And this is the truth. You tell them, John Dawson. That's right. Before I even turned on the power at my house, what was the first call I made? Depths. That's it. I call Down East Protection System. So if you want your house protected as well as mine is protected, call Tom Vermillion and the folks over at Down East Protection System. And that's not just an ad that we did there with John and I. It's the absolute truth. As you guys know, we talked about it earlier this week. My house was broken into with uh, Linda and I in it. And guess what? Down East Protection Systems provided the uh, protection. That alarm went off. It scared the bejesus not just out of my dog and me and Linda, but also of... uh, the person or people who were trying to break into the house and uh listen i again you know it just you know i I, we do the depths thing and it's like well you know we're we're blessed to have them we're glad they're part of our show and all that literally literally down east protection systems protected uh, my home the other night and uh you will i cannot brag about them enough so uh thank you tom vermilion thank you down east protection systems and uh i am a walking testimonial of them let me tell you who else i, I love it's lenore community college for more than 65 years lcc has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives lcc's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable accessible and innovative educational programs. Uh, LCC has its main campus in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you so much to Richie Honeycutt, to Dr. Rusty Hunt, uh, to Catherine Pierce, and Jeannie Kennedy, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. Classes begin August 21st, only 10 days from now, a week from Monday. You can still register in the easiest way, like I said, to do it. Call 252-527-6223. I promise you uh, they will put you in touch with who you need to be put in touch with or go visit the school. You know, do me a favor. Say, uh, whoever you talk to, say, hey, you know, I I heard about this on the Brian Hanks Show. It gives me cool points, okay? 
Uh, yeah, and you're uh, Mr. Clemens. Uh, you're right. Uh, the dudes aren't are not in town next week. Thank goodness, because I wouldn't have time to go see him play. That's right. With uh, everything else that's going on with the uh, with uh, local sports and everything else uh, going on around here. But let's talk about the Down East Wood Ducks, and I appreciate Mr. Clemens at what six twenty this morning uh, texting me to let me know that uh, they had a five-run rally in the top of the ninth last night in Kannapolis to uh, rally to win 6-4 to four against the Cannonballers. They are now a game above 500 at 20-19. and 19. They're by themselves in second place. They're six games behind the hated Carolina Mudcats in the Carolina League North. Again, a uh, big 6-4 to four win last night. Five runs in the uh, top of the ninth inning to win that game. And I've got to tell you, this feels like a special season for the dudes. Uh, after winning the first half and uh, doing well here in the second half, second place, and it, I don't think it can get any better than this. I just, I really don't, that we could have in the, the Carolina League North playoffs, the first round of the playoffs could be the Down East Wood Ducks taking on uh, the hated Carolina Mudcats. And let me tell you this, when you come to the game, uh, at historic Granger stadium, the game or games, uh, in the playoffs, guess what? You will get absolutely free. A, uh, Brian Hanks show rally towel is co-branded with the, uh, uh, down East wood ducks. You know, you want one. They look good. Uh, Mr. Clemens even helped me design it. I don't even know if he realizes that or not. It's got a quack attack on it, uh, because of him hashtag quack attack, uh, very excited about that, uh, that, uh, the Brian Hanks show will be a big part of the, uh, of the, uh, Carolina league playoffs right here in, uh, in Kinston. So, uh, again, that's a, that's still about five weeks off though, because they play game four of their six game series today at seven o'clock in Kannapolis against the cannonballers. Then next week they're on the road again, uh, as there'll be six games in Charleston, South Carolina. However, they will be back home against Fayetteville on Tuesday, August the 22nd. Go ahead and get your tickets. Now get your playoff tickets. Now, uh, you can go ahead and purchase them. Now we need this. Uh, we need historic Granger stadium just packed out for the playoffs. Uh, when they roll around in September, uh, for tickets, for the playoffs, for tickets for regular season, go to woodducksbaseball.com or visit the team's box office at Historic Granger Stadium. And uh, I promise you, John Clemens and uh, Janelle Fitch and uh, all the folks over the Down East Wood Ducks will take care of you with that. Uh, and we definitely, definitely, uh, we need to support our uh, Down East Wood Ducks uh, as long as we have them. Hey, uh, the Little League Softball World Series, I, I know I was supposed to do a public address form. I've had several people text me about it and ask me if that's been me on the mic no it's not and i'm not sure i'll even be able to go today i'm supposed to do the seven o'clock game today out there but i've just been uh struggling with bronchitis and trying to get back on the get get back healthy i've got high school football to do next week got this show to do every week or uh, every day so uh, i do apologize i've not been out there I'm going to try to do my best. I'm uh, scheduled to be out there today and tomorrow, but we'll see what ends up happening with that. But regardless of whether I'm out there or not, you need to be out supporting the Little League Softball World Series in Greenville. I know J. Mac Doughty uh, and uh, his family have been out there all week. Uh, I've seen the pictures and all that, and I've seen other folks that have been out there supporting it too. I believe the Easons have been out there too. I know I've seen several people uh, posting pictures up on Facebook about it, but get out there and support those young ladies. Uh, and today, the 4 o'clock game is an elimination game between two North Carolina teams. I uh, want to thank Lee uh, Searcy 
for uh, that information. I saw uh, she had that up on her uh, Facebook page. Uh, but two North Carolina teams facing off today in an elimination game. The good news is that means the North Carolina team will make it to the next round. The bad news is that means one of the teams will be eliminated. But uh, get out there and support that. Again, a reminder that a week from tomorrow, the Kensal uh, North County Sports Hall of Fame is uh, going to be taking place. It's going to be amazing. It's just going to be awesome. And again, I've got to throw shout-outs to uh, Corey Povar, who is the director now of the Kensal North County Sports Hall of Fame, to Charlie Casey for all the hard work that he's put into this, and he has put a ton of hard work into this. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith has been a big part of it, uh, has done a great job. Steve Oliver, who really got the ball rolling again uh, here in uh, this edition of it, uh, he, he really lit some, uh, lit some fires under people's feet to get, uh, this class of 23 going. And here we go. We're just a week away from it happening. So, uh, cannot wait for that. And then finally, uh, listen, uh, Brad fest is coming up quickly too. That is going to be August or I'm sorry, October the 21st. So we still got about 10 weeks from that, but Saturday, October 21st, from 3 to 9 p.m. at Pearson Park in downtown Kinston. The bands that are going to be part of that include uh, the Something Else Band with Mickey Weatherington, the Wicked Shimmies, Dewdrops, 8-Track, and the Headliner, which was one of Brad's favorite uh, bands, the Mac and Juice Quartet. It's going to be followed by an after party at Stanley Saloon with the Mad Fiddler. Lots of sponsorship possibilities, although i got to tell you, man, you talk about a community that has come together around uh, an event they have really come together around Bradfest. i believe that it's going to be packed out out there i can't wait i think uh everybody this community we need to get excited about this all these great bands and all to honor the memory of uh, brad elmore uh so very excited that that's going to be taking place the brian hanks show is a, a primary sponsor of that or a whatever a premium sponsor of that we're excited to be part of it and uh, just very excited. Like I said, that's going to be Saturday, October the 21st from 3 to 9 p.m. at Pearson Park in downtown Kenston. Joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, though, is uh, the knower of all things NASCAR of uh, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, Baltimore Ravens, PBR, peanut butter and jelly, uh, becoming a new dad. I don't know. I, you're going to have to stop me because I'm going to keep going. But it's Paul Whittington. How are you doing this morning, P-Dub? I'm doing good, Brian. Long time no talk. Uh, glad, to, glad to be connecting again. Dude, I almost, I, I think I joked about this uh, with uh, Hot Linda. I was like, I miss talking to you so much about sports. Sure. I felt like almost no. calling you from the ship and just saying, hey, can we talk about sports sure. for 45 minutes? Her name is your mom. Not <laughs> well, my fiance. Have I? We could have done it. <laughs> we could have done it. I I was awake every morning at seventy. At like last Friday, I was sitting here at my phone just <laughs> at this time, going, "He's late." Well, that would have been four twenty. Uh, four. That would have been four twenty in the morning Arizona time. So, Hey-o. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Miss talking to you, sincerely miss talking to you. And I mean, let's just, just jump right into that. Well, first I got to ask, dude, I mean, I don't want us to get the end of the conversation and not have talked about it, but, uh, little, little baby, uh, Brian, who, uh, is going to be born here in the next few weeks. Uh, how, how's he doing? How's the mama doing? Don't know who that is. <laughs> don't couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, little well, baby Levi. How's little baby Levi doing? He is he is growing 
he is he is doing good. Sam's a little under the weather right now. Unfortunately, she's got a uh, dealing with a little bout of COVID at oh. the moment. Very mild, oh. very 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 mild case. Um, but it, it's keeping her indoors. But but she's fine. Never never had a fever. Just you know, lost a little bit of the taste and smell. Lost uh, lost some energy. I don't know how much energy uh, an eight month old pregnant girl has anyway. But she says she lost her energy and then um, uh, just had had a little bit of a head cold. But other than that, she's doing fine, and she's she's on the back half of that coming out. She'll be back at school on on Monday. And the baby doing well? How how about how? Yeah. I know one of the neat things talking to you is I remember when you told me you know it was like the size of a peanut, and then it was the size of like a golf ball. What, how how big is that little baby now? You know, the last time we checked, it's been about a week ago, and I think we've learned that. This thing measures in in length instead of like actual things that make sense because we went from being like a cantaloupe to being a, a cucumber. Okay, I don't, I don't know. So <laughs> I guess my answer is I don't know. Um, I told Sam the other day I thought it was a watermelon and I got slapped. So. <laughs> oh, this is awesome! How excited are you, dude? Man, I can't wait. It's uh, it's going to be such a great time and. It's uh, it's right around the corner. I yeah. get I get a little bit more excited and a little bit more nervous every single day. Well, what are we looking at? I know that uh, I think the last time I talked to your mom, she said they had chosen an induction date. No, they haven't chosen a date yet. They don't want to take her past thirty-seven weeks. Okay, okay. Um, and so that puts us right around uh, September tenth ish. Um, and then uh layering on top of that you know she went to the doctor uh a week or so ago and they're like okay you're you're a little maybe bigger than we were expecting at this at this point so we're we're gonna have you come back once a week and then in about three weeks you're gonna come back twice a week and then we're gonna start making some decisions along the way and so it's um we want to make it till September. We want to make it to September. We don't, I don't need another August baby running around here. You know, Sam's <laughs> birthday was back on Monday. I, I don't need another, another August baby in the house. Oh, there you go. Well, man, very excited about it. I, I know these words I'm getting ready to speak are absolutely no surprise to you, but, uh, your know, mama is very, very, very excited about this. And, uh, I don't think she walks. I don't think there's been a day that she doesn't go and buy something else for that child. Okay. (laughs) We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be exciting. Uh, How's this going to affect you on Friday nights, man? I mean, are we going to, are you going to have like one of those little babuska carries on the front and be carrying little Levi on the sideline with you? How's that going to work? Uh, no. Um, (laughs) and and I don't know yet, but, uh, it, I mean, it depends on when, when the baby's born. Uh, I think that probably knocks me out for a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks and then, and then we're right back to it. Well, very good. Well, that voice you listen to, that's Paul Whittington, soon to be father here on the Brian Hanks show. And again, I can tell you in my household, there's a ton of excitement about it. He's already got his first couple of pairs of Jordans. I know you're excited about that, right? He does. He does. I they're around here somewhere. Oh, there they are. Yep, they're sitting right here, ready, ready to roll. I can't wait, man. Anyway, anyway, okay, we'll be uh, talking about that over the next few weeks too with uh, Paul. But it's been a couple of weeks since we had you on, and maybe I we haven't had you on, and Ford has just dominated. Well, victory lane at least. Maybe not races themselves because 
I did a little reading about uh, this past race up in Brooklyn, Michigan, and yes, uh, Chris, how do you is it Busher? How do you say his name? Busher. Busher. Just Busher. 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 Yeah. Okay, very good. But Chris yep. Busher has uh has won back-to-back races uh on the NASCAR circuit. Uh and like I said, I read about this last race. He wasn't necessarily the best car, but he's a car that ended up in uh victory lane. Just tell us a little bit about Chris Busher and uh these back to back wins he's had. Yeah, he he wasn't the best car. I think Martin Truex Jr. was hands down the best car on Sunday. Um or, or Monday I should say. Uh, because the race the race got started on Sunday, the rains came and, and we had to we had to abandon ship and we came back on Monday and uh, Martin Truex Jr. swept the opening stages. He was fast on Sunday, winning stage one, fast on Sunday, winning stage two, and was in position to to win the race. Finished second, uh, led forty seven laps throughout the course of the event, which was more laps than than anybody else. And uh, I Busher just had the tires at the end. Had the uh, had the better better pitch strategy and was able to drive right on by, led a, a total of 52 laps in the event and went on to went on to take the checkered flag his second in a row, uh, which was uh, maybe a little bit unexpected. You know, uh, it was a great day for Roush Fenway Keselowski. They put both their cars in the top four with Brad Keselowski finishing fourth, and that's another team that's been really really good over the past about five or six maybe seven races. Where, where it seemed like RFK racing was just getting better and better and better. And, and you started to see Brad Keselowski running up near the front pretty consistently. He led 15 laps in the, uh, in the race on Monday. So it, it's no surprise that an RFK car goes to victory lane right now. Uh, I think it's a little bit more surprising, Brian. They did it two weeks in a row. You know, this team went without a win for a couple of seasons and, Chris Buescher was able to get to victory lane last year. Now he's followed that up with, with two wins of his own, and it seems like Brad Keselowski's knocking on the door. But for the for the old-school NASCAR fans out there, Brian, do you know when the last time Roush Racing went to victory lane in back-to-back weeks? Wow. Let me think. It had to have been Mark Martin, I'm guessing, right? No. Oh, wow. Uh, Roush racing, uh, dude, that's a good trivia question. I don't know. Let me know who, when was the last time you'd have to go back to 2010 when Carl Edwards won the last two races of the season, uh, winning both at Phoenix and at Homestead to close down the year. Uh, that was the last time RFK racing went to victory lane in back to back weeks. Dude, that is impressive. That's good trivia there, man. We, we do our homework around here. Yes, you do. I want to talk. Uh, well, so uh, Chris Busher is firmly entranced himself in constant trance. Anyway, he's firmly put himself into the uh, uh, championship race. Three races left. And, you know, we've got to talk about your boy, uh, Chase Elliott, who is still uh, he is going to have to from everything I've read. Now, bear in mind, uh, my research entails about 20 minutes of reading this morning, uh, Paul, but pretty much with him being 55 points out right now, he is going to have to win a race to make it into the uh, championship uh, field. Is that, is that true or is that not true? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. He, he's going to be in a must-win situation down the stretch here, but uh, I guess the good news is there are a lot of tracks coming up 
that bode well for for the nine team. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go race this weekend at the road course there at Indy. We're gonna be at Watkins Glen next weekend, a track where he's been to Victory Lane several multiple times, I think twice, two or three times. Uh, and then we're gonna go to Daytona, and and that's a wild card race. That's gonna close down our regular season at the end of August. And 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 this is a track where Chase Elliott has run well. He's never won at at the World Center of Racing, but he's won on on the plate tracks. He's he's got a couple of wins to his name at Talladega, and we've seen him run up front at Daytona. So I, I don't want to count him out yet, but with three races left in the regular season, he is in a must win situation. Uh, it was possible to point his way in, but after the early exit at at Michigan last weekend, pretty much impossible to point his way in at this point. There you go. Absolutely. And that, just... that was also, that, that was also wild. I want to talk about that for a second. No, go ahead. I, I'm going to, I'm going to read you the names <laughs> from Michigan that finished 30th or worse. Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, Josh Balicki. That's the one wild card in this. Alex Bowman, Josh Berry, William Byron, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch. Good Lord. That that sounds seven. like the champion of uh, what six or seven of those sound like championship contenders, you know. Well, you know, Kyle Busch has has two championships to his name. Chase Elliott has a championship, so there's there's three championships right there in the in the bottom eight spots. Tyler Reddick's a, a race winner. Chase Chase Briscoe not this year, but is a race winner. Alex Bowman has several wins. William Byron, well, one of the favorites to to win the championship this year. Uh, Josh Berry, we know his record. It's not a full season for him, but it'll be full season next year. It was just, it was a weird race. Um, it, cars just stepping out on themselves. Uh, Chase Elliott goes into, I think it was turn three, and and the, the car just swings right around. Same thing happened to Kyle Busch, just 14 laps into the event. He finishes dead last. Chase Elliott, 36, only ran 34 laps. It was just, it was a weird afternoon of racing where, where these really, fast competitive race cars just i don't know if it's driver error if it was a blown tire or what it was but they just stepped out on the driver when they when they hit the corners and i'll tell you what what has been that voice list through paul whittington he's our nascar expert our regular friday guest here on the brian hanks show and uh we're, we're talking a, a lot of nascar this morning and dude I'll expound on your point a little bit when you look at the season point standings right now i gotta tell you as someone that Pulls for the old-time guys. It pulls for the Martin Truex and the Denny Hamlin, who are one and two in the points right now. And even Kevin Harvick, who may not have a win yet, but is fifth in points. Three of the top five uh, drivers in the point standings right now are those old grizzled guys, Truex, Hamlin, Harvick. Heck, even down in eighth place, Brad Keselowski, who may not have a win yet, but still is an eighth in the points. Kyle Busch, who's been driving for 20 years now in ninth place. It's just been a it's been a good year for the veterans, hasn't it? It really has. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly has. They've they've gotten a lot of wins. Kevin Harvick's still searching for that first win, but you know he is Mister Consistency, and he always has been. Um, Denny Hamlin's having having another outstanding year. Can he get over this hump and and find a championship is is yet to be determined. And Mark Truex Jr. having having himself a great year and what could be his swan song. Swan song of a season. Uh, so, so yes, to your point, the, the the veterans of this sport are having an outstanding year, and, and I, 
I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they they understand how to drive these race cars now. You know, the veterans struggled last year, uh, and you know, you, you give them a little bit of time to figure out this next gen race car, figure out how to get these cars around these racetracks, and and the cream always rises to the top. And I think that's exactly what it's done this year. Well, I love it. Like I said, is uh, you know, I, I've said this many, many times over the past few years. You coming on the show. I would not be back in the NASCAR fold and back as a NASCAR fan if it wasn't for you. So, uh, and it's been fun. Like I said, uh, especially when I look at Kevin Harvick, especially when I look at Denny Hamlin, I mean, guys that even when I was just at the very end of my peripheral fanship of the sport, that's when they were coming in. It's kind of neat to see them uh, doing as well as they are doing for sure. Well, let's talk about the uh, the points race right now. Uh, like, and just tell you what, I'll let you let people know. It sounds better, and you're much more educated than I am. Explain the points race. Explain how that works. I know we've got three races left before the championship, but what do you have to do to uh, make it to the uh, the championship uh, the championship run in NASCAR this year? Well, I think if you're Kevin Harvick, you're you're pretty safe. You just need to some solid finishes over the next three weeks, protect your equipment, protect your race car, run all the laps, and, and you're in. And I think the same for Brad Keselowski. Kevin Harvick, 180 points above the cut line. Brad Keselowski, 168 points above the cut line. I think those two are relatively safe. In 15th, or in, in 14th, rather, you have Ricky Stenhouse Jr., our Daytona 500 champion. He's locked in. Uh, the two names that, that I have circled on my calendar right now Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs, these are the two. They're, they're in the final two playoff spots right now, uh, 15th and 16th, respectively. Bubba Wallace finds himself 58 points above the cut line. Ty Gibbs, three points three points above the cut line. Uh, and then beating on the door, Michael McDowell, three points below. Daniel Suarez, five points below. We're coming to some racetracks. Daniel Suarez runs good on road courses. Uh, Michael McDowell has been to Victory Lane at at Daytona before, winning the the Daytona 500 back in um, 2000 or no, excuse me, 2020. Uh, and then there's other other people that you look in in the a little further down the point standings. Alex Bowman yet to get a win. He's out. He's outside of the playoffs. Chase Elliott yet to get a win. He's outside of the playoffs. Uh, Justin Haley for College Racing. Uh, he doesn't have a win yet, but that team knows how to run super speedways. Eric Almarola, he's been running well this year, doesn't have a win yet. Austin Dillon has won at Daytona. He's 29th in the in the in the standings and hasn't won won a race yet, and he can certainly win at Daytona. So there's a lot of drivers capable of winning, Brian, that that haven't punched their ticket yet. And if you're Bubba Wallace or Ty Gibbs, you're you're not in a must win situation because there is room to race in on points but you're you kind of are because we're coming up on on really three kind of wild card tracks where a lot of drivers that don't have wins run really 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 good and if you get two more different winners between now and the end of this playoffs Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs could find themselves on the outside looking in and and like I said to even go a little bit more granular here I mean, all you, okay, if you are, and I'm looking at the point standings right now, let's say Justin Haley right now, who is in, uh, what, in 23rd place. If Justin Haley comes up with a win, he would make his way into the playoffs. Is, am, am I or am I not correct about that? He would. If, he, yeah. if, if uh, well, I mean, let's just say Martin Truex Jr. and William Byron win the next two races. Okay. Um, that, that takes us to Daytona. If Justin Haley wins that race, he pushes Ty Gibbs out. Wow. 
he he would push he would push Ty Gibbs out, and he'd either be the 16th seed or the 15th seed, and put Bubba Wallace down there on the bubble. Uh, so wait, wait, you did win you just say did you, whoa, 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 I got to interrupt you. Bubba on the bubble. <laughs> I did, and I I came out a little too natural. <laughs> it did, but keep going. I'm sorry, I just had to Bubba on the bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if 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 he can get you know if just say you don't have any or you have some repeat winners at the next two races if he if he goes out and wins Daytona Ty Gibbs is out Justin Haley's in um so so yeah one one win that's all he needs what would that mean and let's break down some of these what would that mean to Ty Gibbs here in his rookie season uh, yes, he's got one of the premier cars. We know that. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, when, when grandpa owns your, uh, owns your team, you know, you're going to be putting a pretty good ride, but still with all, I just got, you know, all the f- bluster and all the, how can I say this gently, all the BS that we had with Ty Gibbs last year, he has actually had a nice, quiet, successful season at this point, hasn't he? Yeah. He hasn't had a chance to rub anybody the wrong way because he hasn't been running up near the front. That team has gotten a little bit better over the last couple of races, um, but not running yet where where they want to be. So uh, that that team certainly still has a little bit of, of work left to do. But you know they they've managed to get a couple of top tens over the last five races. They finished ninth in Chicago, finished fifth at Pocono, finished eleventh last week at Michigan. So so they are progressively getting better and better, but. Uh, he has had a quiet season. He hasn't had the chance to run anybody, rub anybody the wrong way, but not having, not having the best rookie campaign. He's run all 23 races so far. He has an average finish of 18.2. Uh, and of the 23 races that he's run, he's, he's finished 15 on the lead lap. He's got one top five, six top tens to his name. Uh, not, not the stats I'm sure he wanted to have in his, in his rookie campaign, but, I'm here to tell you, he's the kind of driver, if it comes down to it, and he's in position coming off of turn four at Daytona and hasn't got a win yet, even if he's already locked into the playoffs, he'll, he'll wreck somebody for the win, and you'll, and you'll see it. And then the old Ty Gibbs will, will all of a sudden be, be right back where he belongs. That's what I was wondering about, because like I said, I just remember last year, just all the heartburn he gave uh, people on the Xfinity series, and uh, I remember people, and I think you may have even said, you know, with him coming up to uh, the the Premier Series this year, that there there might be some folks that want to take a shot at him for what he did on his way up, but I've just been very surprised, man. I mean, he has been, uh, yes, you're right, probably, you know, he's not been challenging for wins, but for him in his rookie season, I guess what I'm trying to say here, Paul, is for him in his rookie season to be on the threshold of making the championship race, you got to give you got to give the young man a, a little uh, a little salute there. Yeah, he's 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 run his races and and he's he's kept his mouth shut. And I, and I yeah, think that's yeah. what people were were concerned about. I think going into the season, people expected some some fireworks between Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson because they were very much bitter rivals in in the NASCAR Xfinity series. Ty Gibbs had had a propensity for making rivals out of just about everybody on the racetrack in the Xfinity Series. You go back to Martinsville, uh, the the next to last race of the season last last year. He wrecked his teammate for the win. Yeah. He was already locked in. His teammate <laughs> needed a win to advance to the championship four, and then all of a sudden, instead of having a potential for two Toyotas in the championship four, we ended up with one Toyota. 
And he, I mean, he wrecked his teammate to do it. And, and that's just so confused by that. Of course, Ty Gibbs went on to win the Xfinity Series championship. But for both him and Noah Gregson, they, they really didn't give each other any problems this year. And, of course, Noah's a different story now. But Oh, yeah, we're going to um, get to that in a moment, they, yes. They, they've run their races. They've, they've kept their mouth shut. They haven't made a lot of fireworks. You know, Noah Gregson had, uh, had the incident with Ross Chastain. That was really the only fireworks out of either one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Again, the voice list to Paul Whittington, our NASCAR expert. We're going to get into Noah Gragson here in a moment, but I just wanted, uh, as we continue talking about the championship race, three races before it begins, six Toyota drivers, okay? All six of them, if the playoffs started today, all one, two, three, four, five, six, yes, all six Toyota drivers would be in the championship race right now. I mean, that that has to say, I mean, Truex at one. Uh, what Hamlin at three, Christopher Bell at seven, Tyler Reddick at nine, Bubba at 15, Ty at 16. You got to figure Toyota, uh, is pretty happy with that. Don't you think? Yeah. If you're David Wilson, the, the president of PRD, you, you've got your, your feet kicked back on the desk and, and you're <laughs> feeling pretty good right now. Uh, the Toyotas have been exceptional this year. They, they've been consistent. I won't say they've been exceptional. They've been consistent. Um, and it, and it's really a couple of drivers, you know, uh, Martin Truex Jr. He's got three wins. Denny Hamlin's got two. Christopher Bell's got one, but he hasn't been that strong this season. Tyler Reddick has one and, and he hasn't been re- really that much of a factor since he got that win. I mean, he's, he's had a decent season, but he's, he was better before he got the win. And then after the win, that, that team's maybe regressed just a little bit. Bubba Wallace has, has been getting more and more consistent and has been on the verge of, of maybe a couple of wins this season. And then Ty Gibbs is, like we just talked about, he's running his races. Um, he's getting the finishes that he needs at the most important time of the season. So it's, uh, it, it's a good year for consistency out of, out of the Toyota team. Absolutely. And at the top of the standings, like you said, Martin Truex Jr. And there have been these rumors, I guess this might be his last season. I, I just can't understand, dude, especially in something that is as competitive as the NASCAR Cup Series is, that you can be at the top of your game, you can be number one, you can be one of the favorites to win the championship. Do you re- I can't fathom him re- retiring, dude, and I mean that sincerely, that you let's say let's just play this out and that he you know makes it to the championship four and he ends up winning the the 2023 NASCAR championship he would leave with with a title I don't know man I just can't I know that's the storybook way to end would be okay hey you know we win the whole thing we go out on top maybe we'll do you know uh you know some races here and there over the next few years but I just can't imagine Martin I guess this is my question I can't imagine Martin Truex Jr. getting out of the, getting off the circuit after winning a championship. Well, it, it NASCAR is a little bit different from from all these other sports, right? You know, if if you're an NFL quarterback, if you're if you're a a pitcher in baseball, if you're a dominant point guard in basketball, whatever whatever you are, um, you you have the ability to walk away when when it's when you decide. Uh, or, you know, sometimes injury forces you out, like, like what happened with Kurt Busch. But, you know, Tom Brady obviously doesn't walk away in his prime because he's, he doesn't have to go out and find sponsorship. He doesn't have a, a line of people out the door 
that the New England Patriots want to make the next quarterback. No, they wait till he's finished, and then they go find their next quarterback, right? So it, it's a little bit different in NASCAR where you got to make sure you have the sponsorship. Uh, TRD has a has a healthy pipeline of drivers in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and, and the Craftsman Truck Series that they are ready to push to the next level. Um, and if those guys can, can bring in the sponsorships, and, and Martin Truex Jr. can't, then the, the decision is simple, right? You, you kind of say, like, hey, you don't have to retire, but you're not going to run here next year um, because, you know, the NASCAR Cup Series, they can only, they can only run four cars out of, out of one team. So Joe Gibbs Racing can only – they can't add a fifth car. Uh, so when you have a driver that's ready that's coming with sponsorship and you have an older driver that, that maybe doesn't have a – another year on the contract and no sponsorships committed for next season, then you, you kind of have to tell the driver, like you either got to find some sponsorships or I'm sorry, but you got to go. Even if you win a chance. Okay. And everything you said makes sense, Paul, I'm not denigrating that whatsoever. I mean, yes, that makes sense, but I could understand if Martin Truex jr. Was in 14th in the points, maybe, you know, had have won one race this year and, you know, was, uh, you know, was going to be borderline making a championship race. Dude, we're talking, the guy is in first place in the points. He's in first place in regular season points. He's in first place in playoff points. I mean, he is going to be an overwhelming favorite to make it to that championship for. That's the thing. I guess that's the thing that just blows my mind, dude, that you would think the sponsors would be lining up. I mean, and a name. I mean, the average NASCAR fan or even a peripheral NASCAR fan knows who Martin Truex Jr. is. I bet your mom, who knows nothing about NASCAR Harley, she knows who Martin Truex is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying a oh, give me a, a Michael McDowell here, you know, or a, mm-hmm. a, a Tyler Reddick or, or a Ross Chastain. Well, I don't know. He's become pretty well known. A Tyler Reddick, somebody like that. We're talking Martin Truex Jr., one of the biggest names in the sport, number one in the points, one of the favorites to win the championship. I just, I can't, fa- I, I just, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that, Paul. It's it, sponsorship's a tricky game. I mean, Denny Hamlin was was faced with with a similar situation this year. FedEx did renew; they renewed for. Uh, a fewer number of races than, than what they've run this year or what they've run in the past. But sometimes the, the sponsors just they, they get tired of the investment or, or they, they decide they need to reroute their marketing dollars. Um, you know, you go back to uh, 2020 in the, in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, Sheldon Creed was, was the champion of that series and ran most of the year, the vast majority of the races, under under the sponsorship of Chevrolet Accessories and, and their the Chevrolet ChevyParts.com or, or whatever the uh, the website is there, but ran ran paint schemes around Chevrolet Accessories and Chevrolet Parts, and that was who was his sponsor. Won the championship in 2020. Chevrolet Accessories did not renew with him. In fact, he didn't find any sponsorship and ran the 2021 title defense season with a plain white white race truck. Wow. And that's just the way it happens sometimes. Well, that, that just blows my mind. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes left. I definitely want to hit uh, – I want to talk about Noah Gragson in a moment, but before we do that, just uh, let, let's just rehash uh, Chase Elliott just for a couple of minutes here. I mean, 
Yeah. I, and I said this, I said this a couple of weeks ago or the last time you were on the show when we were talking about the NASCAR race and you really thought that he was going to win one of the next three races at that point. Obviously he has, he's still got three left to go. Uh, your feet to the fire here, man. Does uh, Chase Elliott win one of these final three races and make it into the championship race or will, uh, will he be sitting outside? And I'll go ahead and tell you what I think. NASCAR is going to gift him one of these last three races, dude. <laughs> I said that three weeks ago. I'll say it again now, dude. I just, I, honest to God, he's the most popular driver. He, I just, I don't see how Chase Elliott is not in the championship race. What about you, Paul? Oh, I don't think NASCAR is going to gift him a, a win. Um, however, uh, <laughs> I, my gut tells me that he maybe goes to victory lane at, at Watkins Glen. Um, I, I think that's just a track that bodes well for him. I think that's his best chance at getting a win. Um, and this team, they, they are getting a little bit better. You know, they, they ran fifth at Sonoma. They ran fourth at Nashville. They ran third on the streets of Chicago. They've, they've gotten a little bit worse since. Um, 13th at Atlanta, 12th at Loudoun, 10th at Pocono. Had a strong run at Pocono. Um, just strategy worked out the way that it did and then they they had a strong strong run of richmond qualified fourth ended up finishing 13th uh long green flag runs just didn't play well into their strategy but uh there was certainly a chance to to punch your ticket at at sonoma there was a chance to punch the ticket at nashville there was a chance to punch the ticket at both pocono and richmond and in michigan i i thought he was going to have a great shot but just 34 laps in you know spins out uh it is what it is can't change it. Um, so I, I think this team is is getting better, and I think they're where they need to be at the right point of the season. I, I, I really think there's a chance, but I'm not going to be surprised if in three weeks after after Daytona's over, we're sitting here talking about it, uh, a, a playoffs where Chase Elliott is not a part of it. Is it bad? And it's not – you know, I, you know, I'm an anti-Chevy guy. We both know this. Anybody who listens to this knows this. And I, there's a part of me that doesn't want him to make it. And maybe it's just a haterade in me or whatever, but I swear, I just, I would love to see just, he already hates driving right now. I can't imagine what his reaction is going to be like when he doesn't make the championship you know, race. You know, you told me, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been almost a, it, it's been almost a year ago because you, you told me this after, right after Owen Daffer missed the missed the field goal against NC State. Yes, yes. You said, Paul, I'm not a hot take guy, <laughs> but I got a hot take. He's got to be off the team. Ever since saying that, ever since saying, Paul, I'm not a hot take guy, you come at me with a hot take about once every <laughs> other week. Dude, I stand by this I, 100%. Do, dude, do I, you think? Do you think a guy that hates racing shows up to Berlin Speedway in the middle of the week to run a, a 300-lap late model race? The, he hates his situation he's in right now with Hendrick. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying – Wouldn't that. you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> but he does. You missed half the races. I, and I, and I uh, acknowledge that. But, dude, just – I'm a body language guy. There's a guy I listen to, and I know uh, you have to be Bill Simmons. You're familiar with him, right? From yeah. uh, used to be with ESPN, he now runs the Ringer. I listen to everything he does. He fancies himself a body language guy. Well, I do too. I mean, that's one of the things that 
in what I've been covering sports since 1991, dude. So in third, what my, my 33rd year of covering sports now, dude, I consider myself a body language guy. I mean, when I watch anything, dude, if I, you know, if I'm sitting up, like when you're walking on the sideline during a football game and I'm sitting up in a press box with, Co- with uh, coach Smith and you see a touchdown score against a team that we're covering and you see their shoulders drop. I'm a body language guy. Same thing in basketball. And it's this, even in racing, dude, he does not smile. He is not happy. When you see older pictures of Chase Elliott, I mean, he's just all grins and happy and all this. Dude, the last two years, shoulder slumped. He, he's never smiling. I just, I feel like, it, dude, he's just not happy, man. He does not like what he's doing. And until those smiles come back, I'm going to stand by that, okay? If he didn't like what he was doing, he'd walk away. Just. You think he well, would? There's no like, way, like, dude. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You're if he, if he didn't that. like what he was doing, he would walk away. You you don't you don't commit to a a sport that takes you away from your house thirty six out of thirty seven weeks in a row. Okay. You you just you don't you don't you don't do that if you don't love it. You you don't show up at a racetrack for thirty six for thirty seven weeks in a row with only one one off week. And not love what you do. Yeah, you 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 just don't. But look, the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals probably over the next week or so are going to be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Okay. They're the two bottom teams in, in in baseball right now. Once they're eliminated from the playoffs, even now because it's essentially going to happen. It's going to happen in the next week or so. Do you think their body language doesn't change a little bit? Because now what are you doing? You're just going through the motions. And and I think that's a little bit of what what maybe his mindset is this year. Like we're just kind of going through the motions. We don't we don't have the team to do this right now. We we missed our opportunity by missing all those races and and we're just showing up because we have to right now. Well, it started last I would, year. I would be frustrated too. Yeah. Well, it started last year. It's not just a, a thing that uh, has happened this year because of the racing. I believe I brought that up to you last year. Okay, that's enough of that. We got to get. Uh, we got a couple minutes left here in this hour. Uh, catch me up on the Noah Gragson thing. Here was a driver that, uh, when we were in North Wilkesboro, won the fan vote to make it into the All Star race and was uh, an up and coming driver. And then all of a sudden, and I don't. I really don't know the details. I mean, so I'm depending on you to help me out here, Paul. Uh, Noah Gragson, uh, you hear first that he's uh, suspended by his team. Then he's suspended by NASCAR. What in the wide world of sports is going on with him? Yeah, so uh, essentially what happened is he ran a – sorry, he didn't run anything. He liked a a meme on Instagram, and this meme was a – insensitive meme that highlighted uh, George Floyd Okay, is, is what it was. And I don't think anybody knew about it. Nobody knew about it. And then last week prior to, prior to the start of the race um, or prior to the start of the race weekend, a reporter asked, somebody at legacy motor club maybe it was jim johnson or maybe it was their the team president i'm not sure uh what they thought about that did they know that he liked it and is that something that they condone and then they were like we don't know what you're talking about 
So they went back and looked, and, and they saw the meme in question, and they made the decision to suspend him for, for one week, for one race. Which, okay, you have what Kyle Larson did, yeah. and you have what Noah Gregson did. They're, they're way different, not even in the same arena, right? Um, but they kind of got treated the same, and that's, and that's what I don't love. I don't, I don't, con- I don't necessarily like what Noah Gregson did, but I, but I don't like that we get the same treatment here for, for two things that are completely different. NASCAR followed that up with an indefinite suspension of Noah Gregson for, for liking that, that meme on, on Instagram. Uh, it, there is some sort of sensitivity training that needs to be complete before he can return to the sport and, um, we didn't know how long the suspension was going to last. Uh, he had a fill-in driver last week at Michigan. And then it was announced earlier this week that he was going, there was going to be a fill-in driver for the next two races uh, on, on the road courses. And so you knew he was going to be out of the seat for a couple of weeks. There was a rumor that broke earlier this week, I believe it was on Tuesday, uh, that he had been terminated from Legacy Motor Club. Uh, within five minutes of that rumor breaking, and that rumor was, was published by some credible sources at The Athletic, Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi. And then shortly thereafter, uh, Jim Utter, another uh, big media guy in, in the garage area, uh, tweeted out that Legacy Motor Club had confirmed that they had not released Noah Gregson. Uh, but the silence was deafening from Legacy Motor Club because Jim Utter's tweet was the only thing NASCAR fans or people in the NASCAR sphere had to go off of because Legacy Motor Club issued no statements, didn't say a word. And then yesterday afternoon or yesterday late morning, the story broke that uh, they had decided to mutually part ways after Noah Gregson requested to be released from uh, his contract at Legacy Motor Club. Uh, So he is officially no longer an employee at Legacy Motor Club. Uh, He will have to try to find a ride in the NASCAR Cup Series if he wants to continue. Maybe he self-relegates back down to the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We'll have to wait and see who's who's willing to take a chance on Noah Gregson and pick him back up. Um, but as it stands today, he is, he is out of his ride at Legacy Motor Club. There were rumors around the garage area that this was just going to be a one-year deal and they were not going to renew him uh, as the team switched to Toyota. Um, but nothing, nothing was confirmed, but now it is 100% confirmed that, that he is out of his ride. Not having a great rookie campaign at all, has run 21 races uh, thus far. Uh, turned 4,713 laps, only led two of them. Uh, has an average finish of 28.2. And of the 21 races he's run, Brian, he's only finished four on the lead lap. So wow. it just n- has, has not been a great season for, for Noah Gregson and, now he is he is officially out of his ride at Legacy Motor Club. Wow. Will he be on the uh, Premier Circuit next year? In your opinion? No. Yeah. No. I, I I think um and and I don't think that's because nobody wants him. Uh, Noah Gregson is a is an excellent race car driver. He is uh, a big name in the sport. He pulls sponsorships. Um, but I just I don't see a place where he fits right now. I I, I think what we know about the air quotes here, silly season, the, the slots are filled up and, and unless there's an, an unexpected turnover that we just don't see coming yet, I, I don't see where he can fit in. And, and I, 
And I think part of the reason there was maybe looking at an exit at the end of the year was, I, I think, and, and don't quote me here, but but I think he has some sort of agreement with Chevrolet still, and, and that's maybe part of the reason that he wasn't coming back to Legacy Motor Club because they are switching to Toyota next year. I don't know. That's just my that's just my guess, but um, no, as, as it stands right now, I don't think he's back in the Cup Series. Well, there you go. We're, uh, goodness gracious, we're a couple of minutes over into our second hour, which is all fine, but uh, I've got Matthew Young sitting across from him. We've got to jump in here with him, but before I let you go, you got to let us know. Give us uh, who wins Indy this week. Oh man, it's tough. It's it's been dominated by by Chevrolet. Brian, hate to tell you that yeah. they've won both the races at this racetrack. But in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, Ford has won two of the three. Uh, man, if I had to pick, yeah, tough. We'll we'll stay in the Chevrolet camp. Uh, William Byron. There you go for William his Byron fifth win of the season. I like it. I like his chances. Well, there you go. Listen, uh, Paul Whittington is. It's good to hear you back on the show again, man. It's way too long, okay? It has been, Brian. Great great to hear your voice again, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. That's Paul Whittington, our NASCAR expert. Speaking of too long, Matthew Young, it's been since last October since you were on. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I looked that's it up. That's right, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let me go ahead and officially wrap up this first hour of the Brian Hanks Show coming up in our next hour. Our good friend. Matthew Young, we're going to talk about some stuff at the CSS News Museum. We're going to talk some sports with him here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.